Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to Stuff About Money They Did Not Teach You in School. I'm Xavier Angel, Certified Financial Planner, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Eric Garcia, Certified Financial Planner. Eric, how you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm always good. Always, huh? Except when I have to wait on hold for like 45 minutes. I, I talk to service company. centers. Uh, yeah. I understand. I, I think most of us out here, you know, have those issues when you just hate sitting on hold, waiting on service centers. Man, they, you know, they keep saying that the employ, like we're at full employment, but like I swear, there's nobody working at these companies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know where they. I don't know where they're getting their numbers from. You know, I I think most people now and and i've had this conversation often you get more and more people at least up until the last couple of weeks when gas has gone through the roof people are that employment numbers are taken up through uber and uber eats and and some of these other ride share services i can tell you no one's working at the insurance companies or investment companies no one's answering phones that's for sure except for us we're manning except the phones man and we're here for everyone i'm here so eric we got a great topic today Um, One of the conversations that I've been having and the questions that I've been getting on a regular basis lately. Hold on. um, Have have you been having the conversation with self? Self, (laughs) Grace, and I. The three of us had this conversation this morning. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So, Grace as self. Um, Daddy. Hold on. Hold on. Grace now talks to yourself or herself? (laughs) This is is confusing, man. Uh, She talks to me. Self. Self. Myself. Dad. So now, now that she's um, now that we're home for summer, uh, we've got a lot more time, uh, drive time, uh, in the car and 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 spending time together. Um, so some of the questions that she just asked is uh, unbelievable. Um, so today she heard uh, she heard a conversation I was having regarding saving money, mm. and the the client had had asked. What is what amount should I be saving on an annual basis? What is the proper amount? And and Grace heard that conversation and she came back and she said, "Daddy, how much do you and mommy save?" So, <laughs> we so getting that, personal on this one? No, I'm not. I'm not getting okay. personal. I'm just you know, wait, look, it, it's a question. It's a common okay. question that everyone asks. For context, for context, Grace, age. What are we talking about here? Grace is eleven. Eleven. 11. Okay. So she but, asked. Yes, she asked. But Grace spends, you know, we probably drive 30 minutes in the morning um, when I'm dropping her off to school. Uh, afternoon, I pick her off. And, and typically, you know, I, I pick her up about 345, 4 o'clock. So I'm still getting calls from, from uh, people um, on our drive home. So she's in the back seat and she's listening to some of, some of the conversations and 
she hears me talking about savings and retirement and, and mm. investments. So she's learning early. She's gonna be she's gonna be running this business soon. So for all all our listeners out there who are clients, get to know Grace. She's she's gonna be your advisor in twenty years. <laughs> now, leave it to her. She tells me all the time, "I don't want your job, Daddy." I said, mm, "Okay." That's what she says. I now. said, "You've you've got ch- time to change your mind." And so so savings, uh, Eric. Let's have that conversation. And I'm gonna ask you, you know, the question that is posed to me on a regular basis. Yep. How much should I be saving? Oh man, how much should I be saving? So here, here, let me let me start off by saying this: personal finance is personal, and there is no there's no easy answer. We I can quote you what what you know um, what Google is going to quote you what what the typical line is in the financial space, but to me that leaves a lot. Um, a lot to be determined. So for example, you're going to see somewhere that says you should be saving, I've seen 15% of your income or 20% of your income, but that fails to address how old are you? Uh, it fails to address how much you've already saved. Uh, how much it, gas it, has gone up over the last month? Well, forget about gas. Forget, forget <laughs> about that for a second. It, it, it fails to address where do you save? So to throw out an arbitrary 15, 20% or 10%, uh, you, I mean, how much money do you make? If you make a million dollars a year, you know, and you live super frugally, well, maybe you can just save 5%. <laughs> so, so how much, I don't, I don't know if there's an easy answer for that. And I agree there, there's not. So how do we approach that question when it's, when we're asked? Yeah. So I, I think you can give a kind of off-the-cuff answer, like, hey, how much should I save? You should be saving 15, 20, 25% of your income. I, I think that's a good place to start. I don't think anytime somebody makes a decision to save money, I think that's a good decision. I could tell you this, rarely do I come across people who are saving enough. Uh, that that is, that is the exception of people who are saving enough. So kind of as a general rule of thumb, I'm kind of approaching a lot of situations where people can be saving more. Now, the only way I can really, or you can really, or anyone can really answer that question is to do something that I call backwards planning. So backwards planning is, is you start with, you start where you want to be and then you wait, you work your way backwards. So for example, let's say we're talking specifically retirement savings because there's different types of savings, right? We'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. second, but Let's say we're talking about retirement savings. And you come to me and say, hey, Eric, am I saving enough for retirement? Well, how much are you saving? I'm saving 10%. Okay. When are you going to retire? I'm going to retire in 20 years. Okay. When you retire, how much income do you need to generate from your investment account? Well, I need to generate you know, $5,000 a month. Okay. So now I can say, all right, in 20 years or 25 years, whatever that target is, you need to be generating $5,000 a month or $60,000 a year of income. To generate $60,000 a year of income, you need to have, don't, this, this math is not exact to y'all, okay? You need to have $1.5 million in your investment account, all right? So it's somewhere between four to 5% of your account value. Most, by, most, by most measures, that's what we, we consider a safe withdrawal rate. 4% is considered the safe withdrawal rate. So 
um, you know, you need to have $1.5 million saved up in 20 years. All right. So we've got that, that number in the future that we need to have. So now we've got to work our way back down to the present. Am I starting from zero or am I starting from 50,000 or am I starting from a hundred thousand? So then we can come up with a number of how much you need to be saving on a monthly basis or an annual basis to get you to where you need to generate that $5,000 a month of, of income. And you can already see that number is going to be dramatically different for, mo- for, for a lot of people, right? Their time horizon is going to be different. The amount right. that they're starting from is their, their starting point is going to be, it's like saying like, how, hey, Xavier, how fast do I need to run to win the race? Well, what race? The 400 meter. Okay, well, you need, you need to run faster than, you know, the fastest guy out there. He's running, what's a, what's a 400 meter? What's a, what's a good pace? 50 seconds, 48, 48 seconds. You got to run at least 40 seconds. Well, I'm starting at, I'm starting at the 200 meter mark. Oh, well I can run a lot slower. I can, I could probably jog and, and still win. So how much do I need to save? Where are you trying to get to? And what's your mm. starting point? So if I hear what you're saying is really when, when that question is asked, then we need to sit down and, and truly think about where we want to be. And, and we talk about goals on a regular basis. So we've got to come up with that goal first. And then we can back into it and say, based off of that goal, retirement, then here's how much you need, $1.5 million. And here's how we can get to that point. Is that accurate? Yeah, but no, we're talking about retirement savings. Okay? Right. And that's only so, one part of, of savings because... When we say 15%, you're talking about everything, correct? Possibly, yeah, possibly. That's the thing. It's, it's, we th- <laughs> it's like we use terms sometimes, and we're using different terms, and we're talking at each other in different directions. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much do I need to save? Okay, let's, let's, let's save. What do you mean by save? Like save to uh, buy a new car, save to retire on, save to start a business, save just because you have no idea what's going to happen in five years and you want some money just in case, you know, something bad happens or you want flexibility to, to have an opportunity to pursue a, a career change. So what are we saving for? So I, I, I like what you just said there. What are we saving for? You know, college, a car, a house, retirement, you know, all of that comes into play when we're looking at and answer that question, how much do you need to save? Yeah, so um, so the question is how much, again, how much do I need to save, what is save? Um, and percentages, percentages are fun to throw around. Um, but here's the thing, most most Americans are terrible at math. I, mm-hmm. I apologize, listeners, I am so sorry. Um, I'm, I'm throwing myself in there. I, I need a calculator to do math. Most of us are terrible at math. So to say like, hey, you need to save 15%. Man, that's like, oh my God, now I got to do math. So 15%, I make $67,000 a year. So 15% of that is, let's see, 10% is, I mean, you don't like, I don't know. <laughs> right? So, um, so. I, we've got a 25-year-old, right? 25-year-old just getting started um, in their career, three, two, three years in their career. And they come mm-hmm. to us. And their question is, what do I need to start doing? I want to start saving and accumulating wealth. Where do I start? How would you answer that question? 
Uh, and, I, and, I, I mean, and, and look, I understand that's a broad question. No, no, I think it's a great question. And, and I'm going to answer it by asking this question. What do you mean by building wealth? It's a great question like, as well. What do you mean by building wealth? Like when you tell me you want to build wealth, does that mean you want to be financially independent, meaning you want to have freedom of your time and the opportunity to not have to grind it out for 50, 60 hours a week in, in your job? Is that what you mean by wealthy? Or does wealthy mean I want a big house and big car? Like we have to stop and say, let's define wealth. Now, my thinking is, and I don't want to project my value on on any individual client. That's why it's really important that that our listeners and our clients are able to verbalize what they mean by wealth is, and I think this is what most people are after just after doing this for 20 years and talking with people. I think people want security. People want certainty, okay? Mm-hmm. Most people are willing to forfeit big houses, big cars, fancy trips. All that stuff is good, and we, we should plan for that. I'm not, I'm not trying to say don't spend money on that, but most people want security. They want financial security. They want to know that I'm going to have money at the end of the month. I'm going to have money at the end of the year. I'm going to have money to retire on. Um, I want to be able to know that I'm going to be able to support my family. I want to be able to know that I can send my kids to school. So, so people that 25-year-old. Really so that 25-year-old comes back to you and says, okay, Eric, my idea of, of building wealth is I want to be able to enjoy experiences. I don't need the big house, the big car. Okay. I want the experiences. I want to be able to do what I want to do. I want to be able to retire when I want and live that life that I, that I choose. Okay. All right. I love this because this, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. This, this idea about money and happiness and can money buy happiness and, and young people, this whole, this whole YOLO, you only live once kind of mentality and I want to spend money on experiences and I love that. I love spending money on experiences, okay? When we spend money on memories and experiences, it doesn't matter if we're poor or rich, our experience and our memory is as valuable as the experience and memory of someone who's got a hundred times more money than us, mm-hmm. okay? So it kind of leaves us without that this sense of, oh, I... I, there's something bigger out there that I can buy. I just bought this car, but there's a better car out there. Someone's got something better than me. That's when we, we buy stuff. We're always kind of feeling like we want more stuff, right? right? The experience of enjoyment wears off after a while where those memories stick with us, okay? So you just told me, your 25-year-old just told me two conflicting things, all right? Which, nor- which normally happens on a regular so basis. Here's the conflicting things. <laughs> I want to retire when I want to retire, and I want to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them now. Those two things may be in conflict with each other, and that's why I think sometimes you have to make the hard decision and say, or, or, or the hard advice and say, hey, let's think about this. You want to experience life to the fullest now, and I get that. That's cool. But you're also telling me you want freedom to retire early in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, where's that money going to come from? You're going to have to make hard decisions today to deny yourself experiences that you want. And it could be the difference of taking, instead of taking a a more expensive vacation to the Mediterranean, maybe you're taking a less expensive vacation to the Florida Gulf Coast, right? So that you can save money. But those are the decisions. Whenever you make a decision to save or invest, okay? Okay. You are consciously denying yourself something today to have more tomorrow. So the 25-year-old who says, 
I want to retire when I want to retire, and I want to travel to Europe every summer. Those two things might be in conflict with each other. I would say this, though. That was me at 25. That was you. Look at you now. You're still working. (laughs) (laughs) So here's here's what I would say. And this is... um, this is not popular to say this, but uh, it, maybe, maybe it's just kind of as I get older, you know, you start to look at things differently. Um, and we actually we actually did a show. This was on my previous uh, um, show, the Building Us show. You were a guest. Mm-hmm. You weren't even a co-host. And it was the worst financial decision I've ever made. And it was me, you, and Dr. Matt. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the worst financial decisions we ever made. And I don't know if you remember what, what I said. And it it wasn't like a terrible financial decision, but I said, I wish I would have delayed buying my my bigger house. I wish I I would have waited three or four or five more years to be able to save more. Mm -hmm. I I remember the conversation. Yeah. Did it set me back financially? I mean, yes and no. I mean, it it, it wasn't like a a destitute, but I, I think, man, I could have more saved up right now, working in the stock market, compounding interest to where I could... Uh, slow down, you know, um, sooner, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. when we're younger, we don't want people telling us to make these hard decisions. We don't. Right. We don't want to make these hard decisions. Um, so I, I don't know where I was going. You asked the question. I think I might have. I think I might have gone uh, the wrong direction. You got me well, all excited, but, but, man. Right, and and I think I, I think the direction that you're going is 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 a great direction because you know these are the conversations that. You and I both have with with our clients, with with friends, with family, when we're discussing that question as far as how much do I save, we have yeah. to go down that rabbit hole. We've got to answer those questions and 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 ask the hard questions. So individuals sitting on the other side of the table for us, they're gonna they're gonna think about this and listen to it, and they're gonna come up with their own percentage on how much to save. I can tell you this. We I mean we know this. You can look up the numbers. You can just. You can just Google saving statistics in the U.S. Americans are terrible, terrible savers. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's scary the amount of, Ameri- the amount of Americans who don't have $1,000 in a savings account to cover an emergency. Mm-hmm. That's literally they're one paycheck away from, I mean, maybe not being destitute, but <laughs> one, pay- right. one paycheck away from, from uh, disaster. Which which actually brings up another question. Then, since you're mm-hmm. you're you're there, you mentioned earlier that there's different uh, different types of of savings. Retirement was one. Yeah. So the the second one is going to be, and and I love what you call it. Uh, you call it a um, uh, give it to me. I, I can't think of it. I call it independence account. Independence account. Independence Thank account. <laughs> so that independence account. You know, if we're saving for that account then that takes care of of that emergency or that rainy day now, or let's turn it around here for a second okay let's put retirement off to the side because i would even say before retirement we want to be saving for emergencies we want to make sure i call it the oh crap account okay um, it's like oh crap the ac went out in august in new orleans and it's hot right where am i going to come or or how about this one xavier Oh man, I got to go drop seventy five hundred dollars on my car uh, because it's just too too soon. <laughs> too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Too soon. Xavier just, just dropped. Just, yeah, just for the record, too much money I, on a car. So, uh, 
it's, it's that, oh crap, that emergency fund. Now, the general rule of thumb, and I'm okay with this, I, this is a good, good starting place, three to six months of expenses in an emergency fund. Boring old savings account, money's, you have access to it in the event of emergency. I would say that's the number one place you need to be. That's what's gonna keep you from going into debt, right? Because if you don't have that account and you need to spend money on something and you don't have that emergency fund, then you're going mm-hmm. into debt. And then that $5,000 expense ends up costing you $7,500 because you're paying 20% interest on it over the next four years to pay it off. All right, so I think the first place we need to be looking at and talking to people about is saving in that short term, that, that emergency fund account. And then we started talking about retirement, which is that long term, right? It's old, it's young Eric uh, saving money to pay for old Eric one day when you know Eric either slows down uh, working or just doesn't want to work at all anymore. Okay. So what you started to talk about is what I call the independence account. This is where I think people can really build wealth. This is what gets me excited. So what the independence account is, I've got my short-term emergencies taken care of. Okay. It's in a, it's in a savings account. It's boring. It's there ready to ready if I need it. I'm funding my retirement. My retirement may not be fully funded because I'm still working and I'm still contributing to it. But I have all this extra money, that this extra discretionary money that I don't want to put it all in my retirement account because I'm 42. I don't want to wait 20 years to access my money. I don't want to be penalized if I want to if I want to take a trip to to Europe or or go buy a beach house or something like that. I don't want to have to borrow it or or pay expense pay penalties for my retirement account. So what am I going to do with this money? I don't want it sitting in a bank account. Right. Earning, earning next to nothing, not only earning next to nothing, losing value because inflation is on fire right now. All right, so for every, every dollar you have in the bank right now, think about this, people. It's losing 8% of its value because of inflation. Okay, so every dollar you have sitting in a savings account, that's why if you have huge balances in a savings account, yeah, the money's going to be there. Right, your your dollar mm-hmm. is going to be there, but you have to keep in mind that it's losing value because of inflation, because gas is more expensive, because chickens are more expensive, because eggs are more expensive. All right. So what the independence account is, it's an investment account like your retirement account, but there's no restrictions in accessing the money and it's earning a fair market return, unlike your emergency fund. Now it doesn't have a specific purpose. Your emergency account is is purposed for emergencies. Your retirement account is purposed for retirement. This account is purposed for my independence. My independence. I might need it. I might need to go buy a car. I might not want to finance it. I might want to pay cash. Mm-hmm. I might want to purchase know, those experiences. I want to. I, I might want to take my my family on a on a cruise in five or six years. Or you know what? Um, maybe you're stuck in a job that you really don't like, and there's this other job that you like better. But it's gonna take you're gonna take a twenty thousand dollar pay cut, and you're like, man, you know what? I've been saving up in my independence account. I got a quarter million in here. I could probably cut my expenses a little bit, take this job that I'm just gonna be so much happier in, and cover that lost income through my independence account, right? Independence, independence, independence. I I love that. So if I, it, I'm going to go back and recap then. Okay. Um, so in savings, you know, although we cannot put that percentage on there, there's really three places. That short-term money, 
which is at oh crap and and I just did air quotes so oh crap account so that is where my target date three to five maybe six months worth of worth of, of expenses that I've got mm-hmm. set over there and even, I will even say even that three to six months is a little squishy for me it depends on your work. Mm-hmm. Depends on how much money you make. Depends on how much discretionary money you have at the end of the month. Depends on is your job stable or are you are you commissioned? Are you salaried? Mm. Kind of. So there's a lot of factors for me that go into that. But yeah, but generally right. speaking, three to six months, good. It's a good rule of thumb. So then I've got my retirement account, and my retirement account, I'm putting money in there per pay period. That's going to be whatever my retirement age, 60, 65, 70, whatever it's going to be. And, and so now I'm going to bring in one more piece in there, Eric. Okay. So if my company is matching at 3%, then I definitely want to take advantage of putting away 3% so that I get the full match from the company. So we've got... I did a, go uh, I did a 401k enrollment or a retirement. It might have been a simple plan, but an enrollment for a company once. And I stood up there and I said, what if I told you there's an investment out there that I guarantee your money will double overnight. And they kind of they hemmed it all. No, 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 no. I guarantee. I guarantee. If you put a dollar in, you'll have a dollar the next day. Well, the, within within a month. No, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I said that's your four one k match, your retirement plan match. Mm-hmm. If you put three percent, depending on your match, if you put three percent, the company's giving you three percent. You you could put your money in a money market in cash, and you just doubled it overnight. Mm-hmm. If there like yeah, if there is a if there is a match at your retirement plan at your work. People, Take full that advantage. Is free money, and if you're not taking advantage of it, you're leaving it. You're, I mean, you're leaving money on the table. All right, go go right. on, Xavier. Okay, and then so that third account is going to be my independence account, and that's the account that's going to give me flexibility. And as far as what we put in there or what we save into that particular account is based on what your goals are. Am I correct in, in those in those three areas? Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So like, so in, how much should I save? One of my favorite comebacks is how much can you save? I like, like that one mean? too. Like, what do you mean? How much can I save? I don't know. How much can you save? So I, I you know, I, I had a client and we were sitting down and we were talking about it and, and, you know, similar conversation. I came back and said, well, how much can you save? And they gave me a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And so we started saving that dollar amount. And at the end of the quarter, we had a conversation and, and, you know, my, in the conversation I asked, did you miss that money? And they said, no. And I said, okay, well, let's put a little bit more in. And so eventually we, we, we continued to do that where they weren't missing the money. And then we got to the amount that the initial plan showed. So gradually getting up to that point and they were able to, they were able to get there. They were comfortable saving that dollar amount. Yeah. And we're tracking it. We're looking at where they are. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. How you talked about starting off small and then working your way up. You may have heard people say that saving is like, it's like working a muscle, right? You got to build up mm-hmm. that, that strength. In fact, I have a, a fitness, a client who's kind of a fitness person and they had some things happen in their life and, and they were, they weren't able to save. Like, we'll, we'll start, we'll start later. We'll start later. We'll start later. And like, oh, and they kind of felt guilty about it. Like, are you okay with that? Like, what are your thoughts as our, as our, as our advisor? I said, well, I understand that you've had some expenses come up, but I think that you need to keep saving. Even if it's $20 a month, even if it's like, it's like working out, 
man, you will lose that. You will lose that behavior, that habit so quickly if you stop doing it. And they came back and, and they're like, you know what? You're right. And they ended up saving a lot more than, than, than I was even Mm -hmm. suggesting Uh, that I think most people have the ability to save more than they really think they can. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's another place where, um, we lose sight. You know, we, we start on this pathway and we're putting away a certain amount, a dollar amount and something comes up and, and we think that we just have to cut it all off. Whereas we can back it down until we get to a place where we can begin to contribute a little bit more. So, and I, I think that's some, something that we need to think about as well as individuals when we're planning and creating our strategies and deciding what we're going to do. Yeah. Check out this hack. And this is, um, I got a buddy of mine He's an advisor and he works with a lot of um, college coaches. So he might have a client who's like a division two or division three coach and then they, they work their way up to division two and then eventually they get to division one and they're an assistant and they eventually become a head coach. And with all those, up, with all those step ups, it becomes a mm-hmm. very, very uh, dramatic change in income. All right, so that's probably not the case for most people you know, as you work your way up, I mean, those, those bump ups will, you know, from 50,000 to 75,000 to a hundred thousand to half a million to 2 million. Right. But this is what he tells them. He says, every time you take a new job, every time your income uh, goes up, what you're going to do is you're going to, yeah, you might increase your lifestyle a little bit, but you're going to save 50% of that increase. Right, and then when you get another bump up, we're going to save a percentage of that increase, a big percent, a big percentage of that increase. And he shows them, hey, look, this is what you're going to have. You know, if, if this is the trajectory you're going, and you save that part of your income, this is how much you're going to have. So if if you're in a position where, man, I'm 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 living my life and I'm paying my bills, it's cool. And then all of a sudden you get a pay raise, let's say a ten thousand dollar a year pay raise. Don't increase your lifestyle by ten thousand. Increase your lifestyle right. by twenty five hundred. Save the seventy five hundred. Right. And he, here's the thing too. Go back and listen to the compound interest podcast episode, y'all. It's like the second or third podcast of this um, this show. The, the earlier you get money invested, the more time it has to grow. The more time it has to grow, the more exponential that growth is. Absolutely. Especially, especially right now. If you're listening right now and you have cash. Uh, this is not an. This is not a recommendation. Talk to your financial advisor. Okay, got to for the compliance people listening. Um, the markets are down. This is the time to invest, especially if you're young and you have time. Man, what this is a gift. I talked to a, another buddy of mine who's a financial advisor, a little bit younger, younger than me. He's in his early 30s. Um, he's up in the Northeast, and we were talking about like how great it is that the market's down right now. From a young person's perspective, mm-hmm. man, it's so great. Like, I, I, I want to invest. I want to go work harder, make more money right now, so I can invest more right and, now. And dump and dump it all in. It's like buying so, on discount right now. Yeah. If I told you, hey, man, we're gonna go to, um, we're gonna go shoe shopping, Xavier. There's this great, there's mm-hmm. this great sale at the, at the at the shoe store. Everything is 110 percent of its normal price. You'd look at me like, what? Well, you gonna go pay more? You think I'm crazy, but if I said, "Hey, man, everything is fifty percent off, or thirty percent off," you're like, "Yeah, let's go." I'm, I'm a jump on it. But the stock market doesn't work that way, right? When 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 things are good and people feel really good about themselves, the stock market is a little bit more expensive. Stocks are a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. That's when people want to buy. Right. And when everything's on a discount, 
Everyone's everyone's uncertain, right? They're a little bit fearful, which is understandable. But that's when you buy. That's when you that, save. That's when you go invest. in. You buy, and and that's that's where you that's where you see your accounts grow. That's where that wealth accumulation comes from. So, so uh, let, let me wrap it up with this. Okay, your question is how much should I save? And obviously, over the past thirty minutes, we've been talking about. Well, it, it just really depends, right? Depends on what you're mm-hmm. trying to accomplish. I would start. Here's where I would start, and this is why this is why I advocate for people. Whenever I talk to somebody, whether they become a client or they don't become a client of mine, I always tell them that everyone needs to meet with a financial planner at least once in their life. Okay, and this is where I would start. Yes, we need to talk about savings, but we need to look at the spending part of cash flow first. Is what are you spending? I have so many people who come to me, I want to save, but I don't have any money to save. Or I want to save. I want to save 100 bucks a month. Now, look, 100 bucks a month, it, I mean, it's, anything you save is good. But the goals that people tell me they want to accomplish, 100 bucks ain't going to get them there. That's not going to get them anywhere close. So we have to spend time looking at the spending part of cash flow. Like, how are you spending? Are you spending well? And that's becoming more and more of a conversation is making sure that we're spending money in the places that are consistent with where we want to be mm-hmm. from a savings perspective. Right. But that's for another podcast. You may go there next week. Maybe. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you are hearing, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Also, if you have any questions, we'd love to answer any of your questions about money. You can go visit us at www.stuffaboutmoney.com and there's going to be a place there to submit questions. We appreciate y'all. Share this with somebody who you think needs to hear it. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. 